Welcome to Explain to Shane. I'm your host, Shane Tews at the American Enterprise Institute. On this podcast, I interview tech industry experts to explain how the apps, services, and structures of today's information technology system work and how they shape our social and economic life. The Domain Name Abuse Institute has helped set up a centralized DNS abuse reporting system that creates a more efficient way for domain name registrars to receive and process abuse claims. This new program is called NetBeacon, and it is a collaborative partnership with CleanDNS, who is an anti-abuse solution developer that is donating the technology behind NetBeacon. Together, these groups understand the need for a process that standardizes industry reports around DNS abuse that include activities that are harmful to consumers and companies, such as malware, botnets, phishing, and spam. DNS industry partners can utilize this information to identify, report, and mitigate on these cyber criminal activities. NetBeacon DNS abuse reports are free of charge and publicly available. Today's guest is Graham Button. Graham is the inaugural director of the DNS Abuse Institute, where he works as part of the leadership in the design and development of new platforms and technologies to understand and reduce online harms. Graham was previously information specialist at Two Cows, where he worked in business intelligence, analytics, and reporting. Graham was the chair of the Registrar Stakeholder Group for four years at ICANN and co-chair of both the Registry Registrar Abuse Working Group and the Contracted Party Abuse Working Group, where he was a driving force in the creation of the framework to address abuse. As the 75th ICANN meeting approaches, Graham joins the podcast to discuss the Domain Name Abuse Institute's work around enabling a more effective process for abuse claims and why his work to help establish best practices and fund research on DNS abuse through shared data will help fight against the consumer harms and the security threats at the core of the network at the domain name level. Grant, welcome to Explain to Shane. To get started, talk to us about domain name abuse or DNS abuse as it's referred to in the industry and the importance of combating criminal activity. Sure. Thanks for having me, Shane. I'm I'm really pleased to be here. Um, So DNS abuse, and we can go into the definitional bit if you want to, you know, is a subset of online harms that are uh, particularly impactful on the, uh, let's call it the domain registration industry, you know, impact the domain registration industry. And, you know, because of the way the internet works, that the DNS is sort of that sole point of centralization, right. that it's, it, it's really, you know, a, a key bit for trying to mitigate cybercrime and online harms. And, and so we find ourselves uh, stewing in this space a lot about DNS abuse. I think of it as the genesis. It's where things start, right? And then you have to keep it going <laughs> in a good way. And when the DNS, yeah, not the, the abuse. Well, I uh, mean, you're not wrong. It's it's how people like myself end up being like, I'm hey, not this seems wrong. neat. Yeah, and then, and then you're trapped. And then it's 10 years later and you're right. spending all your time, you know, thinking about domain names. <laughs> I'm with you. There's a self-help group for us. Um, so you guys have a new uh, reporting service called NetBeacon, and I'm just starting to learn about it. So give us an idea what you're doing with the centralized DNS abuse reports that you're creating and, and this partnership that you have with clean dns happily so we started this dns abuse institute uh, created by public interest registry uh last year uh and we really we me mostly spent the, some time surveying you know what were the real pain points about dealing with dns abuse across the industry and where could we make you know sort of the most impact um and it it became very clear really quickly reading through like documents out of the ICANN ecosystem and talking with registries and registrars that um, the manual abuse reports 
that are coming in the door at registries and registrars every day uh, are problematic. And there's actually sort of two problems here. Um, for the people who are wanting to have discovered or been impacted by abuse in some fashion and want to report it, for them that experience is awful. You know, you've got to be able to identify who a registrar is, which is not trivial for most people. You know, you need to be able to use who is or something like that. Um, and then you need to go and find an individual registrar's abuse reporting page, which isn't always straightforward. Um, and then, you know, fill out their own custom requirements to submit an abuse report. Uh, not everybody's capable of that. Uh, not everybody has the sort of experience that would allow them to do that. And then, boy, having to do it, if you've got multiple domain names across multiple registrars, you know, it just sort of increases exponentially. Then on, as I was saying, on the registrar registry side of things, they're getting every day hundreds, maybe thousands of these abuse reports that are also awful. <laughs> you know, so for them, the experience is really brutal. They're, you know, duplicative reports, they're unevidenced, they're unactionable, they're domains that don't belong to them. It's a long list of like really unpleasant attributes of these abuse reports. And so we have a very frustrated industry spending lots of time and energy triaging these tickets for basically very little value, you know, thousands of useless abuse reports. On the other side, no one's happy about the abuse they're encountering. Sure. Through that though, just for somebody who, I mean, I realize we both steeped in this, but uh, you know, so when you're saying that you're, you're dealing with worthless reports, who are generating those reports? It's going to be a mix of people from just regular end users who say, I think this thing is bad. Um, uh, and that thing could be someone said something mean about me. It could be, this is actually a horrible crime. It could be this is phishing or malware, this sort of stuff that we would put inside of DNS abuse. So and then it's in individual income. Those are kind of basically, let's say, call them going into an inbox at a registrar. Mostly registrar. A registry. Okay. Prime, so uh, maybe that's good context for most of this discussion. Okay. By and large, registrars should be the front line on most abuse. They have the relationship with the registrant, the person who bought the domain name. And so they, most harms, they should be the ones resolving. There are some exceptions like botnets where you're doing some stuff at scale where the registry is more important. By and large, we're talking mostly here about registrars. Okay, right. Um, so yes, that's that's very helpful. The registries, you know, the back end operating things, registrars tend to be the people that are the the consumer end of this. So I just wanted to make sure we understood where these reports were coming from. The, the, there's another, so there's sort of end users. Uh, mm -hmm. There are, uh, let's call them cybersecurity companies uh, that do this, again, sort of professionally to a certain extent. Oftentimes that overlaps with um, sort of brand protection interests as well, who are finding, you know, bank phishing and things like that, want to make sure those come down. So there are some commercial interests at play here as well. Okay. So what what is this net beacon thing? It sounds cool. Right. <laughs> well, uh, so, so, you know, we have these two problems that I was describing. Reporting abuse sucks and getting abuse reports also suck. Uh, and the way to fix that was for us to build essentially an abuse reporting intermediary, something that's sitting in between the people who are trying to submit and people are, uh, and the people are trying to get these things to build one place that's easy to use, that standardizes all these functions so that the people reporting abuse are happy. And then on the other side, we're gonna standardize those reports, we're gonna enrich them with useful information uh, and then get them to where they need to go. 
so that the experience on the on the registry or registrar side is much better. And that I think makes it easier for reporters and incentivizes uh, registrars to use and participate in this thing. And ultimately, we're really trying to reduce the barrier to action so that registries and registrars can get an abuse report. They don't have to do a lot of work because it's now standardized. We've added some useful information to it. And hopefully, they can just make a choice about whether this domain is indeed abusive or not. Um, there's, a, there's sort of a subtle big caveat in there, which I should point out, which is we as the intermediary can never make a registrar or registry take a domain offline. They're always going to be responsible for that choice. We're just trying to make that choice as easy and as quick as possible. So this is just better information flow. And especially since a lot of criminal activity tend to have something that's in common, I would think. So you're kind of looking for those common anomalies. There's a counter. So what, one of the things we do is we call it enrichment in the context of NetBeacon is we take all the domains submitted and we bounce them off various sources of domain intelligence online. Um, so that's going to be block lists like Spamhouse and Serbal have kindly donated access to them. Uh, uh, we're working on integrating Google Safe Browsing API right now. Um, so that when you get a report out of this system, it's including a bunch of information that, you know, whether someone else has flagged this domain name as abusive. Um, this is probably a good point to point out that I don't code this stuff myself. We were sort of had this idea of the system we wanted to build and, and um, uh, Jeff Bedzer from Clean DNS put his hand up and said, hey, look, you know, I really believe in the mission of the Institute. And what you guys are up to, can I support this work? And, and essentially offer it to customize a portion of clean DNS and um, you know, provide that to the institute to build NetBeacon on top of. Um, so that's where the clean DNS portion comes in. It's good to have a cybersecurity expert actually volunteer. Like, hey, let me just do this. Yeah. Let's make this easier. Yeah. And if that wasn't clear, he, he donated that to so the sort of that customization or sort of the, the sort of code base that we've customized and the customization itself. It's been an awfully generous partnership. That's fantastic. So it's allowed you to, to bring some new tools into the, the space. Yeah. So we, we, we launched this in June to moderate fanfare uh, 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 and then have spent much of the summer, um, you know, I guess, Northern hemisphere summer, uh, trying to work out a bunch of deliverability quirks, which is, boy, if we're saying we're going to take this thing and get it somewhere, we sure as hell better be able to actually do that. Um, and so we've been working to make sure that, that we're you know, super reliable in our ability to do that. And so now we're in a space where we're like, hey, registrars, you know, check this out. Hey, people that want to use it, check this out. Please do. Um, there's maybe another sort of fun bit of this uh, and I, I apologize. I think all of it's kind of fun because I work on it all day. Uh, and so you can tell me when it's not. But <laughs> uh, registrars are obligated under, so GTLD, generic TLD registrars, those accredited with ICANN, um, are obligated by contract to provide a public abuse report email address. And so we don't need registrars to sign up. We can distribute these things to the entire GTLD registrar space um, without them having to do anything. And most won't. Most will just get from us high quality standardized abuse reports. They don't need to do anything. If they want to, they can create an account, 
claim their registrar, set some custom settings so like they could decide exactly where they want these reports to go. Maybe they don't like some of these enrichments that we've added so they could uncheck those. Uh, maybe they want to integrate via the API, they can do that as well. So it's mostly, it's an information flow process both ways. You're saying yep. we're giving it there and then if you want it customized, we'll help you do that as well. Yep. Okay, that's great. So the European Commission recently uh, had a DNS abuse study that noted the European country codes, as you just noted, you're talking about the generics, you know, comnet org um, info. La, la, la. Uh, but the country code top level domain names have existing good practices internally that they are they're saying are ignored by the generic domain name registries and registrars. So what do you think of that analysis? And are there any particular practices in the country code operations you think the generic should be looking at closer? Uh, boy, ignored feels like strong language to me. You know, I, I think to, to sort of phrase it that way, probably to me is sort of skipping the complicated economic context of the generic GTLD registration industry, which is you know, globally competitive and uh, doesn't have the sort of captured market that a dot, you know, a, yeah. a country code dot has. FR, yeah. Yeah. And so to, to sort of, you've got to be pretty careful, I think, and thoughtful when you're, when you're moving your analysis from CCs to Gs. There's other things in there. And, and there was a lot in that report that I thought was actually really good. Um, you know, they made, I thought, some reasonable recommendations they made some I thought were also not great, but things like, uh, and it's a bit of a third rail, you know, data accuracy, registrant data information, uh, registrant verification, so that, you know, they're doing things like that. Uh, those are all available to CCTLDs in a way that they're just not to GTLDs, that there just is no global unique identifier that people can use. I mean, the closest thing we have to that is domain names. So now we're in a right. circular um, yeah, exactly. uh, problem. An, an, an email from a domain name, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think there are some lessons uh, and there are some interesting bits in that, but I hesitate to really lean on on the recommendations of that study too much. And in fact, you know, a lot of the work that we're doing at the Institute is deliberately avoiding some of the registrant information pieces because we don't want to get into privacy issues. It certainly has weighed down the ICANN community an awful lot. And also by and large to mitigate abuse, to disrupt abuse, um, registrars don't need more registrant information. They've got what they need. They've got the domain names. They have what's in their database. I don't need to providing it to them or you know getting access to it at all. Um, and so for me, I think we can be a bit more agile, come up with better solutions, move a little bit quicker if we're staying a little bit away from some of the privacy issues. That's probably, yeah, that's the, it's eating us all. You know, and I keep waiting for the lawyer to do the study that shows that you cannot abide by the uh, GDPR, the Data Act, and the digital um uh, a couple other things they have on the, I'm just sure that you have to do the risk evaluation, decide which one you're going to comply with because it's going to have a cost evaluation where the others, you just can't do them all at once. And I, yeah. you know, I have it in the back of my head. I haven't taken the time to write it, but I, I keep thinking that somebody smarter than I will put it together. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you're wrong. And, and getting into that world is um, messy. There's sort of an undercurrent of our work or, that I have tried to bake in, which is really about some pragmatism, you know, 
These abuses are bad. They are causing real harm to real people every day. Um, and getting into the place where, where we're sort of in philosophical arguments uh, is, I enjoy those, you know, over a beer at an ICANN meeting maybe. But in our work, the stuff we're trying to do is really about like, okay, where can we make an impact? Um, you know, what's going to be a bit of a minefield? Let's stay away from that. And let's make the choices where we're moving forward, you know, making progress, making the internet safer without getting too stuck down in philosophical debates. So I know one of your challenges was the, you know, having to get a, a group consensus on something. So you have a, a fairly narrow definition of DNS abuse compared the, to the Europeans commissions, what they're saying is put forward. And they talked about this. And, and, and I just, part of when I read that was like, you try to get a lot of people who've got a lot of money at stake to come down to like enough words that they can come together in a room. And that's, I kind of, I give you major kudos for being able to do that, but they, they criticize you for that. And I thought, you know, what, just kind of give us your opinion on that. Sure. So the European Commission, that's, that study on DNS abuse uses a hilariously broad definition, which is more or less anything that uses a domain name that someone thinks is bad. And the DNS in that definition is almost incidental. It's like basically anything online. Uh, and, you know, I find, again, going back to sort of pragmatism, how are we going to move forward? It just creates such a, a vast playing field of online harms that it, how do you even start? Um, and so I, I just don't think that that's sort of helpful. Um, and also, it gives a crazy amount of power to registries and registrars if you want them to be obligated to be dealing with online harms that involve a domain name. Um, you're, you're forcing them into places where they're now regulating speech and social media platforms in a way that are just not appropriate at the DNS. And I, I think most people would agree on that. On the other side, you know, we have that relatively constrained set of harms um, that is that list of DNS abuse, malware, botnets, farming, phishing, spam, where it's a vehicle for the others. Um, it's an okay list. I, I, again, to be pragmatic, I, I think it has its weaknesses. It's very categorical. What do you do when there's some awful person invents a new awful thing to do? Um, you know, I then need to go get every registrar in a room and argue about whether it should be on the list or not. Um, and so that's not super great. I had a long blog post I wrote last year about a different approach for this um, that sort of takes 40 minutes to explain in a bunch of string and diagrams uh, as, uh, you know, sort of anyone who tries to go down a better definition of DNS abuse goes. But most people know what we're talking about with that list. Uh, when we're looking at those harms, most people get it. And so we can make some progress with that constrained list of harms. Um, and that feels good. And, you know, the arguments about the, the periphery are really interesting and again, fun over a beer, but boy, let's make some real difference on phishing and malware. Cause those are just devastating. You know, they're really causing real harms. Uh, I don't need to argue about, you know, some of the boundaries of those. Cause there's so much, um, there's a, uh, bad metaphor, but like red meat DNS abuse that we can that we can make a difference on. That I, if I'm going to put it really strongly, I think some people carry on the definitional debate because they don't really want to do some of the work of getting down to it. Well, you do have three core principles that you have agreed to, which are innovation, education, and collaboration. So, talk to us about what you guys have agreed on and, and how's it going. It's going well, although I, you know, I still feel like we're in relatively early stages at the Institute and trying to figure out 
everything we want to do and what we could be doing and what order it goes in and how it fits into those pillars. So, you know, innovation is like clearly this net beacon initiative where we're um, building tools for registries, registrars and end users to make the internet safer. Uh, education is, is sort of a, uh, an ongoing eternal effort for us. Um, mostly focused at the moment on uh, producing a set of best practices. Um, so we put out two last year. Uh, we're working on a fun one we should have out in the next couple of weeks um, for registries and registrars on managing reporter expectations. So people put in abuse reports and they would like to know what happens when they do that. And the industry by and large is not great at managing those expectations. And so how do you do that without revealing too much about your processes, without litigating endlessly, you know, on these back and forth issues. Um, and so we're putting out something there. We've got another one coming out later this year on um, architecting registration workflows to reduce abuse. So like sometimes it's really, uh, you know, how to respond to abuse. Sometimes it's really operational. We did one for end users last year on, on how to keep your blog safe, you know, unique passwords, stuff like that. Um, so that's sort of all into the education bit. In collaboration, we've got some um, a nice space right now that we're mostly using for discussing with registries and registrars the work that we're up to. And so um, that's like, hey, we, you know, we're working on this best practice. We're thinking about this feature for NetBeacon. Um, you know, can we get some feedback? Um, and we're beginning to see signs of like, hey, how do we begin sharing actionable intelligence in a safe and privacy compliant manner. And there's a huge need for that in the industry. And so we're really figuring out how to take some next steps there where we, you know, we want to combat things like uh, TLD hopping, where you see a domain name engaged in malware, say, or phishing bouncing around the industry. And how do we begin to get people in front of that and be able to share reliable, useful information that's both actionable and compliant? It's going to be a tricky one, but we're thinking about it. Yeah, it, actually, an old school example, the telecommunications uh, companies have had that for years, and they're over in Arlington, and they literally have an operation center where they have, they have one of the each major uh, companies, you know, at least before COVID, had a physical person there. But it was easier for them to trade information that was, you know, allowable under the common carrier law. Um, so they could say, but it was to basically deal with, uh, you know, transatlantic problems or anything that was domestic or, you know, it could it could actually be an energy issue. Uh, but there's, so there's a lot of examples there, but you guys are really smart and digital so you can do it faster i'm sure but you've got to Trying. get people to actually get the use the information that gets put forward one of, one of the quirky bits i'm discovering is that um you know registrars who I, you know i spent four years as chair of the registrar stakeholder group within ICANN. which if you're outside this world don't look that up it's not worth it uh <laughs> uh, uh but it, it means that I, i've spent a lot of time with registrars and this scale of registrars is crazy from, you know, giants like GoDaddy to, you know, lots and lots and lots of small guys, you know, with, you know, less than 10,000 domains, give or take. And the resources they have at their disposal um, is vastly different. And I think by and large, the vast majority of registrars are probably running their abuse side of things inside just an email box. Um, and so, you know, deploying sophisticated data sharing methodologies you know, that are federated and automatically changing these signals of compromise um, to each other, 
you know, works for like 10 of them, maybe, <laughs> which might be a big chunk of the internet, but it's not necessarily all the people who need them. And so there's some really interesting challenges to overcome there. Well, that's, that's true with a lot of regulation is there's the, the people that can afford the automation and putting together a whole group of you know, an entity that's some maybe offshore or somewhere else, you know, not in the same place as the headquarters. It takes money and energy to do that. So when we're passing all of these regulations, not only in the domain name addressing space, I always think about that because you you know you're, you you want to do a mom and pop operation. You know how do you how do you manage through that? That's that's a tough one. So speaking of, so what do you guys have on the horizon? What are you looking at going forward? Uh, there's two things I want to mention about what's coming up. One is we keep expanding NetBeacon. So right now it's GTLDs only. We'll look at adding CCTLDs pretty shortly, as well as expanding the list of harms that you can report. Ultimately, I want this thing to be the place to report bad things online for everything so that we can route to hosting companies and email providers, you know, the whole range of the sort of infrastructure ecosystem, because I think that's important as a, essentially a public service that it exists. There's lots of room between me and that, and there's a ton of work, and it's an ambitious goal, but we're working on it. The next one is coming out real soon. So I think we've set a really high bar here for uh, transparency, uh, you know, academic robustness, um, you know, accuracy, so that we're really trying to get the community to a place that these are useful statistics that they can rely on, that if they want to dig into how they were made, that they can, you know, that the, that it is, you know, the best shot at this that anyone's seen to date. And so that's now or very shortly. And then over the next couple months, we have the underlying data. So how much of that abuse is lying at which TLDs and at which registrars? We've also got some really neat bits in there where we can measure abuse time to live. Um, so we can see who's actioning their abuse really quickly and so that we can celebrate those registries and registrars that are doing a great job. And we can see this in the data. Um, we're also able to split between malicious and compromised domain names so that we can see, um, you know, what the split is in, in that respect across the industry, which is really important because, boy, someone might have a whole bunch of phishing sites, but they're actually compromised websites and it's the, up to the hosts to resolve those issues, not necessarily the registrar. It's really important to understand that distinction. Um, and so we'll begin publishing that level of data at the registry and registrar. Uh, currently the plan is, is for November, um, but we're really trying to get uh, in front of that, do a lot of outreach with the community to be like, here's what we're seeing, you know, shave off any rough edges of that methodology, make sure that we, no one is surprised by what it is we're trying to report. Um, and then ideally it's a, it's a, it's a very open, uneditorialized, transparent, robust platform that the inter community can interact with and ideally make some um, policy choices from. That's fantastic. Well, Graham, thank you for all the work that you're doing in the space. I know it's really important at multiple levels, but especially for those of us who want the trust in the internet to continue having the right people online and being able to take the bad guys off, which is an eternal thing that we have to work on is really important. So good luck. I will see you. you probably in Kuala Lumpur. And thank you for being a guest today on Explain to Shane. Thanks, Shane. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Explain to Shane. For more episodes, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred listening platform. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and tell your friends and colleagues to tune in. We'll see you on the next episode of Explain to Shane.